Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Hey, here's, here's the thing. As we go into 2022, I know many of you guys are making resolutions. How many of you guys are out there? You guys are resolutions people. You've already written something down, thought about it. Okay, a few of you guys, for some of you resolutions, you're like, I quit doing that a long time ago because they never work. I always gave up, so I was like, what the point? You know, is anybody like that? You gave up on them, so you're like, there's no point in it? In fact, 80% of the room just raised their hand. I get you. I'm not a big resolution guy, but I am a big uh, proponent in just, you know, seeking God and asking God, God, what is it that you'd have for me this year? Not just my personal resolution, but God, what would you have for me spiritually? In fact, I think a great question for you to ask yourself at the beginning of every year is this. And the question is, God, what new thing, what new thing do you want to add to my life this year? See, I just believe that we serve a God that doesn't want you to stay the same. That at the end of 2022, he doesn't want you to look just like you did in 2021. That there may be some new things that he wants to add to your life. There may be some new habits he wants to discipline you in. He may be some new skills that he wants to show you, some new wisdom he wants to give you. And I just believe that if you'll seek God and you'll ask God big questions like this, God, what new thing? What new thing can you show me? What new thing can I perceive this year that I think if I add to my life, it would just do so much in my life? You know, the book of Isaiah, we read it a while ago. It says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. This is the prophet writing about, you know, prophesying when it comes to just great advice for your life. Do not live, you know, looking back at the former things. Don't spend your whole life dwelling on the past. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you perceive it? You know, at the beginning of every year, I believe that God wants to do new things in my life, that we serve a God of seasons. The book of Genesis says, as long as earth remains, there will be summer and winter and night and day and seed time and harvest. And so we serve a God that does work in seasons that, you know, as we go into the new year, it's just a great opportunity to say, okay, God, what new thing do you want to do? And then God, help me to perceive it. I think the reason why sometimes we just stay the same is we don't ask God, God, what is it you have for me this year? We don't seek God in that area. We just go into the new year thinking about our own personal goals. Okay, I want to make more money. I want to get a bigger house. I want to lose some weight. And those things are great. Body, soul, and spirit, they are a part of us. But we've also got to look at some goals spiritually. We've got to say, okay, God, what spiritual things this year can I add to my life? And would you help me perceive it? I love what the Good News translation says. It says this. It says, uh, but the Lord says, do not cling to the events of your past or dwell on what happens long ago. He goes on to say this, but watch for the new thing I'm doing. This year, I want a church full of watchers. I want a church full of seekers, a church that their eyes are fixed on Jesus. And they're saying, Jesus, I'm looking up to you this year. I'm not looking to my situations. I'm not looking to just my job and what's around me, but I'm looking to you. I'm watching you. And God, I just pray that you help me see it happening. It says it's happening already. Can you see it now? What? That God wants to make roads through the wilderness. He wants to make streams of water there. I just believe there may be some dry areas of your life this year that God wants to say, you know what? I want to take every dry area, every wilderness area, and I want to make new roads through it. I want rivers of living water to be flowing through that. And so here's the thing though. We hear things like that, and that all sounds great, 
you know, okay, God wants to do a new thing. That's a typical, you know, second Sunday, first Sunday of January kind of message. How cliche is that? And we just, we just you know, kind of let it go in one ear and out the other. But I think it's something if you can take the simple things of God, you can take things at face value and just say, you know what, I'm not gonna let it just be a cliche thing, but I'm actually gonna believe that. But I think the reason why we struggle believing that so much is because the enemy doesn't want us to. The enemy, I don't know if you know this, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There's a real enemy. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your dreams. He wants to destroy your hopes. There's things that he wants to do that would keep you, you know, looking back to your past, keep you stuck. The enemy would love nothing more than for you to step into 2022 with your feet just like, you know, quicksand or cement, just standing still, you know, feeling like you can't even take a step forward. He just wants you to, to stand still or live 2022 looking in the past, not believing anything for God or not believing God for anything. Here's what I've learned about the enemy. He, he wants nothing more than to help us hold on to our past. Why? Because if he can get us to hold on to our past, you know what he can do? He can rob us of our future. He can steal, kill, and destroy. If he gets you always looking back, if he gets you always feeling stuck, he can rob you of your future. But I just believe that if you could do anything, if you could make a goal this year in 2022, it would be this, that you would embrace the new. Because you can't embrace the new, though, if you don't let go of the old. That you would embrace the new, but as you do it, you would let some things go. You would, you would say, you know what, I'm, I'm not looking behind me anymore, but I'm looking ahead. And so all of you guys, you got some cards on your way in that looks like this. I'd love for you to get those out. And today I wanna to talk about some things that maybe you need to let go of in 2022. And I believe in what my prayer has been that God would speak to you while I'm speaking. That today, that God would just show you some things that the enemy's been trying to just weigh you down with. And that if you could let those things go, you could really take a hold of your future. You could really see some new things that God wants to do in your life. And so at the end of service, we're gonna do something today that, that is real, you know, it might feel like kind of youth groupy, honestly. I'm not gonna have you bring your CDs forward and shred them, but we are, we have some shredders here. There's no bonfire in here. There's no, you know, whatever, but um, there's some shredders and we're just gonna leave today and we're gonna shred these cards. We're just gonna let go of some things. Just a simple act that prophetically we're just saying, this year we're leaving this behind. We're letting go of this and we're believing for what's ahead. But I think the hard thing is that, that, that the enemy wants to keep us so, so stuck. You know, but I've learned it's so important if we're gonna receive new, we have to let go of old. You know, the other day um, I went home, we were unpacking and I got a bunch of gifts for Christmas time and some of those gifts that I got with some new clothes. You know, I got a couple jackets and a shirt and I went to hang them up in my closet, and when I went to go hang them up, there was no room in my closet. Every single, anybody ever been there? Every single hanger, and I don't have a big closet. It wasn't like I have, you know, exorbitant amount of clothes. It was just like the space I had, it was all taken up. There was no room for anything else new in there, and so I had a choice to make. I could just take back the new, which who in their right mind would do that? I mean, this is new. This looks really good on me today, doesn't it? I could have took this back, but then I would have missed getting to wear this today, and Everybody's saying, man, that's a really nice jacket you have on today. I could have taken it back or I had some decisions to make. 
What's holding this jacket back from being in the closet? Well, there's some pieces I don't like anymore. There's some things that I probably should have got rid of that made me look a little too chubby, that made me look, you know, I just like, I gotta let go of those things. And so I did what anybody would do. Went in the closet, I took those things that made me look a little chubby. I took them off the hangers and I threw them in the upstairs closet. And so <laughs> you guys all have one of those places, right? In your house, it's just like, I've been to your basement before. I know what it's like, right? And so you just, you, you take them and you chunk them. And so I had to make room for, for some new in your life. See, here's what happens. Billy, where, where are you at, Billy? Come out here. What happens so often is, 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 is we can go through life and things will try to attach themselves to us. And so maybe last year in, in 2022, you, you saw something on Facebook, somebody said that was just super, super negative. It made you so upset. You, you, know, you deleted you know, their friendship. And what happened is whatever way they figured out you deleted them on Facebook. Anybody ever been there? And then it just created some major rifts, right? And so this, this situation relationally attached itself to you. And it didn't seem like a big deal. It was just a friend request. But now, you know, every time you go to work or every time you go to the holiday party or, you know, you're together with other friends, it's really awkward, right? And that awkwardness has actually turned into a little bitterness. Now you don't even want to see each other. Now when you look at each other, it's really awful. And it was just, a, you know, a friend that you deleted off of Facebook, but now it feels like it's more than just a rubber ball, but it's like a bowling ball that you're carrying, and it's really awkward to let it go, and so you just choose to carry it, and what happens is you just kind of tuck it away, right? You're like, it's good, it's just, this is just my lot, this is just what's gonna happen, and so I'm just gonna deal with this, and you choose to carry it, and so it's fine. It's actually not that heavy. I still have two arms free. I mean, I can tuck it in my jacket. You know, I can figure out a way to carry it and just move on. It's just my thorn in the flesh. It's just gonna be this relationship issue I have. But then what happens is life goes on and you're carrying offense, but not only are you carrying offense, then you pick up that new addiction. And there's that addiction you pick up. You never thought you would do it, but you know, the days got hard and you got anxious and you got depressed and now it just appeared to be a lot easier to go home and kind of drink those away than to give them to Jesus. And so you picked up a new habit and now you're spending four or five hours a day you know, with alcohol and that's been the thing that you've chose to cope with and you've just kind of tucked that in there and it doesn't seem like a big deal, but now you're carrying the addiction and you're carrying the offense and you know, you're believing God for new things, but you're just carrying some things and then you've got a relationship issue with your spouse, right? And she says something that she shouldn't have said and it hurts you and here you are and you're like, I don't even know if we could make it. Should we go see a counselor? No, I don't know if that's even worth it. I should just get a divorce. I'll trade him in, I'll trade her in. They're never gonna change. She always, he always. And you've got this thing and you're believing God for new but you're carrying around so much. And for many of you guys, this is the issue or you go on the date. You believe for a spouse and then they don't show up and now you've got trust issues. And now you're like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna try it again, and so I'm just gonna be single the rest of my life, I guess. I'm just gonna struggle with this the rest of my life. And you can't believe for anything new anymore. You don't believe that God could do anything because you were so hurt, and it was such you know, a, a horrible situation that, that hurt you so bad, and trust was so taken from you that now you're carrying it into 2022. And see, maybe these things are balls that you picked up 10 years ago. Somebody said something to you, a coach, a teacher, a parent, 
Man, when a parent says something to you, it can really hurt. It can define you and you can just kind of lock it in and hold on to it. And you're going into 2022 and you're saying, God, I need something new, but you're just full of depression. Oh. Go get that other ball. No, I'm just joking. You're full of depression and you're anxious and here you are and you're just, you're believing God for new, but you're holding on to so much. And for many of us, this is our lives. You've never thought about it that way. But if you were to do an honest assessment, there's things in all of our lives that we need to let go of. Things in all of our lives that are plaguing us, that are robbing us. And the enemy wants nothing more than for you to learn to just deal with them. Just deal with them. You got this. He wants you to think it's actually harder to, to let go of them than it is to put them down. And so we just go through life and we lose hope. Somebody hurt us and we just decide, you know what, I'm never going to let them in my life again. We walk around and we've got fear and anxiousness and all of these issues and we're like, I believe God for new, but your life is so bogged down. Even if you were to do something new, you couldn't receive it because you're trying to juggle all this stuff. And so one of the wisest people that ever lived was thought to write the book of Ecclesiastes. And Solomon, who has been known, in fact, when, when the Lord said, hey, I'll, I'll give you whatever you want, he said, would you give me wisdom? He prayed for wisdom, and so he's thought to be one of the wisest people that ever lived. And he writes this chapter in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter three, and he's just giving some life lessons, and he's talking about life and how there's a season for everything. And he says, like, there's a season for birth, and there's a season for death, a season for sorrow, a season for joy, a season for making love and not making love, a season for kissing. This is some weird stuff. Not kissing. He sets a time for love and a time for hate, a time for war, a time for peace. And right tucked into the middle of that, he says this. He says, there's a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. In another version, he says it this way. In the message version, it says, a right time to search, another time to count your losses, a right time to hold on, and another time to let go. And I don't know who's in here today that there are some things that maybe you still got to hold on to that you're dealing with, that God's not finished working it out in you, but there's maybe some of you in this room, there's some things you need to let go of. You need to let go of them because it's keeping you from, from, from catching or taking hold of what God wants to do in your life. See, Billy, come out here again. 21 days of prayer, you started believing God for big things. You say, God, I need you to do this big thing in my life. And so you're like, okay. And so if God were to throw it to you, I don't know how you would catch it. Holding on to all of this. But what would happen if today you said, you know what, I'm gonna let go of some things and God, the things I'm believing you for, if I let go, I can take hold. And so simply put today, here's what I'm asking you to do, to let go of some things so you can take hold of some things. So four things I think you can let go of and four things I want you to think about today, and it's this. The first thing that I think maybe some of you can let go of is just some past failures. For some of you, you're holding on to past failures. 
And God's saying it's time to just let it go. It's been a situation and it's kind of robbed you and it's kind of held you captive. In fact, my little boy last year, he learned a new word and maybe I said it or Jennifer said it. I don't know where he learned it from, but it was the word epic and everything became epic. Oh, daddy, that's so epic. Oh, this is going to be an epic ride. This is going to be an epic day. This is going to, that was an epic show, wasn't it? It was so epic. And I think for some of us, that's how we feel about our past failures. They're just so epic. They're just, they're so epic. And, and maybe, maybe you're in here and you've walked through some seasons where you've had some epic failures. Some of them were sin situations and some of them were just situations that you walked into, life happened, and you know what? It was a, it was a big failure. But what happens if we're not careful, we'll let those failures begin to define us. And when they begin to define us, then we just carry them. We pick them up, tuck them away, and we just carry them. You know, I thank God that men and women in the Bible that failed didn't, didn't carry things around, but they learned to let go of them. I thank God that even though, you know, Moses murdered a man, he was able to let go of that. Give it to God that David committed adultery, but he was able to, to let go of it. So many amazing writings because David learned to, to let go of it into the hands of the Lord. We can look at people like Peter who denied Christ, Zacchaeus who stole from people. People that just made epic mistakes that were in maybe our eyes at times epic failures, but yet God did so much of with them. Why? I think, you know, especially as I look at the life of David, one of the things that I see from him that's so prevalent is as he make epic failures, he learned to, you know, epically repent. To say, God, I picked this up, but God, I'm letting it go. I repent. I give it to you. See, here's the good news. If you'll take those things in your life that feel like failures and you would give them to God, especially those things that you feel like were not from God, that were sin areas in your life, we serve a God that will forgive you. 1 John 1, 9 says this, if you confess your sins, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins. He will, not he might. No, he will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, God's ready for you to give some things to him this year and for you to receive his forgiveness for you to receive his mercy, for you to walk into 2022 feeling free. See, when you walk through life, you know, weighted by sin, you just feel bogged down. You just feel kind of like anemic or sludgy or whatever, you know? It's not what God has for you. He wants you to feel free. See, the Bible says that he'll cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. He's removed our transgressions from us. Jeremiah 31, 34 says this, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. That's the kind of God we serve. That today that you can let some things go. You could write some things on this card and you can shred them. And in doing so, it can be an act of repentance and saying, God, I give these things to you. I'm sorry. I'm letting them go. May I receive your forgiveness. And may this be cast as far as the east is from the west. And so for some of you, maybe it's some past failures you need to let go of. 
The second thing I think we can let go of today is we can just let go of the good old days. Never has there been a time where we needed to just let go of the good old days. I had some words to a song, but I looked them up and I thought, I don't know how appropriate these are or not. Brian Adams, these were the best days of my life. Some of you guys, you're still walking around singing that. That there are some days that were the best days of your life and you're not believing for any good days in your future. We can get so caught up with the good old days. Get so caught up with pre-COVID. That we just stop believing God. We just, it's like the enemy's got our whole nation in quicksand. It's like he's cemented our feet and just say, just get stuck there. Just stay there. Quit believing. Quit hoping. Quit dreaming. Quit believing anything could change. Anything could be better. See, the enemy is going to win if he can get us all to stop dreaming. If he can get us all to just stay stuck and stop hoping and stop believing. But I want a church this year that says, you know what? I'm ready to push forward. I'm ready to push ahead. I'm ready to believe God again to say, I'm not just going to get stuck in the good old days. Will it used to be like this? And my job used to be like this. And things used to be better. Some of you guys, you're still living in the high school days. You're still believing you can strap on the pads and, you know, go out there and score the touchdown. And you thought high school was better. You're living in the, you know, basement, playing video games all day, wondering why your marriage is, you know, falling apart because you're stuck in the good old days, remembering the past. Some of us laugh, but how true is that? See, it's not the good old days, not back in college or back in high school or you know, all the parents out there, double income, no kids, you know, back when, you know, I didn't have any kids and we could date all the time. It was so much easier, but now we have children and so we just can't do it anymore. Well, I just don't want to believe that there were days in the past that were so good that if I make agreement for that, I just forfeit my future. No, I don't want to begin making agreement with the past. See, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to make agreement with your past and believe that your best days are behind you, not ahead of you. But what if you said, I'm going to let go of the good old days? See, that same writer in the book of Ecclesiastes would go on to say this in chapter number seven. He said this in Ecclesiastes seven, verse number 10, maybe on the screen. Nope, that's Luke. Ecclesiastes seven ten says, do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it's not wise to ask such questions. See, I don't want to walk through life asking the question of, you know, God, the old days are just better. I want to let go of those things. I want to forget the former. I want to believe that there's something new ahead. Luke 5.37 says that you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The new wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. It goes on to say, no, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. I don't know if, you know, if we serve a God that, that, that is gonna just, you know, give you something new in your old good old days. Here's how that fleshes itself out, right? Maybe you've been in church for a while. Man, I wish we sung the songs we used to sing back in the days. That was the good old days in church. Man, I wish, you know, I don't have to belabor the point. You get it. But we got to move past the good old days. The third thing is this. I think you can let go of just words of death spoken over you. There's been a lot of this in our lifetime. Maybe it's ramped up a little bit in the past couple years. 
but this has been a part of your whole life. This is the culture that we live in. The people say things and sometimes they just hurt. And I think that we've gotta be able to walk into this new season saying, you know what? I'm gonna leave behind some words that were spoken over me. I'm not gonna make agreement with those words. I'm not gonna let them define me. See, people will speak things over you and it'll hurt you. They'll say something and then suddenly that thing about you becomes your identity. Well, they're just always late or they're just always got a bad attitude or they're just always, and all of a sudden you walk around thinking, well, my identity is a negative person. Well, my identity is just I'm always late. I don't want those things, those negative words to attach to me. I don't wanna carry those on and let those things become my identity. I don't wanna let the things of the past, you know, I think of generational cycles. Well, my daddy was an alcoholic, my grandfather was an alcoholic, my great-grandfather was an alcoholic, so I guess I'm just gonna be an alcoholic. My dad was depressed, my grandfather was depressed, so I'm gonna struggle, and now we start attaching things to us. Maybe this year is the year you've gotta break a generational cycle. You just say, you know what, I'm not gonna let those words, those things attach themselves to me. That this year we would would say, you know what, no more. Because if you let them or you think about them or you dwell on them, here's, here's what'll happen. The Bible says that as you thinketh in your heart, so are you. See, if, if you start thinking these things in your life and attaching them, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And now you become this or you become that. And I just don't want to carry those negative words, but this year, I want to get them off of me. The Bible says that the tongue has the power of life and death. And so I want to take all the words of death, and I want to start replacing them with words of life. I want to start replacing them with God's word. You know, there is no better word that you could replace with the negative words that have been spoken in your life than the word of God. This book does not say you're a failure. This book does not say you have to live a life of fear. This book does not say you have to live depressed and anxious and all these things. This word doesn't say, you know, you're just a has-been or you're washed up or you shouldn't stick yourself out anymore. There's good things in this about you. And I want to start replacing the, the, the words of death that people have spoken over me with words of life. And so maybe you need to let some of those go. Or maybe lastly, you need to let go of what's happened to you. This one was a really hard one as I was thinking about it. Because I've learned that in life, things can happen to us that honestly, we didn't deserve them. We didn't ask for them. We didn't do anything wrong. And they happened to us. You didn't ask to be cheated on, but you were. You didn't ask to be abused as a child, but you walked through it. You didn't ask for that person to say that thing that cut so deep, so deep, that you don't think you'll ever be able to let it go. See, there are things that can happen to all of us. When they happen, we begin to make promises to ourselves and we just think, you know what? I'm never gonna trust again. I'm never gonna put myself out there like that again. 
Maybe it was a church that hurt you. I'm never going to serve again. I'm never going to go all in like that again. You begin making promises with yourself because of the hurt that's in the past that then jeopardizes your future. And I get what happened to you was tough. But if the enemy wants to do anything in your life, he wants to keep you stuck in unforgiveness. He wants to keep you stuck in a place of bitterness. And he wants to keep you stuck in a place of hopelessness and anxiety and anger. You know, Philippians 3.13, it's the theme verse really for this series, says this, this one thing I do. Paul's writing this, forgetting what lies behind, I strain forward to what lies ahead. As I look at this, I think, wow, what, a, what an incredible passage of scripture makes it sound so easy, forgetting what lies behind me, straining forward to what lies ahead. But what you have to understand is what lied behind this guy was some crazy stuff. In fact, if you look at 2 Corinthians, Paul says this about his life. He says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. Spent a night and a day on open sea. He said, I've been constantly on the move. I'm homeless. <laughs> I've been in danger from rivers and bandits and danger from my fellow Jews and danger from the Gentiles and danger in the city and danger in the country and danger at the sea and danger from false believers. I mean, I've had it. Here's a guy that's saying, I've been beaten, I've been bruised, I've been done wrong, not only by people that are against me, but people that are with me and for me. And everywhere I go in the streets and in the towns and on the seas, I've been, I've been constantly in danger. If anybody had a reason to say, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just stay here and I'm not gonna press forward because I've had too much bad happen to me. It would have been this guy. But then he goes on in Philippians to say, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward, I think if we can take cue from Paul today, that yes, maybe there's been some things that are unfair, some things that have tried to attach themselves to you, some situations that shouldn't have happened, can't believe they happened, that if you can say, you know what, I'm letting them go and I'm pressing forward, I think this could be a great year for you. So the writer of Hebrews, and I close with this, says this, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let's run the race ahead of us with perseverance, a race marked out for us that we would just fix our eyes on Jesus. That this year we would leave behind some things and we'd focus on what's ahead. And let me give you some hope because this is a kind of message that typically at the end, then you would give three kind of self-help steps to leave those things behind. But this year, a place of letting go, it's not willpower. I don't think this is the place where you let it go. I actually think the place of letting it go is in God's presence. 
You say, God, I can't do this on my own, but I give it to you. So I want to ask that you get these cards out. Here in a minute, they're going to sing a song and we're just going to invite ushers are going to invite and kind of dismiss by rows to come up to these shredder machines and just leave some things behind. We've been praying and believing for this service for a couple months now that this would be an impactful day. You know, today there's probably not some huge theological gem that you're walking out with. But what you can walk out with is a changed life because you had an encounter with a living God that took every area of hurt, every area in your life that you've been holding on to, and you walk out of here feeling free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And so my prayer is that you walk out of here instead of trying to juggle a bunch of things, that your arms would be open and free and you could catch, take hold of the great big thing that I'm believing that God wants to do in your life this year. So would you bow your heads with me? Father, I ask that you would speak to each and every person in this room. That you would help them in this moment identify some things that they've been holding on to too tightly and that they'd let it go. Father, I pray for those in here that don't know you today. And I pray today would be a moment where what they would let go of is their own grip on life. And they would take hold of your hand. They take hold of your hand and say, this year, I'm living for Jesus. With nobody looking around, maybe you're in here today. I'd love to pray with you. Maybe that's you. That this year, the thing that you need to let go of is your own grip on life and grab the hand of Jesus. I wanna give you an opportunity to do so. The Bible says that anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I wanna give you a chance just to reach out to him today, to call on him, to just say, God, I'm sorry for the life that I've tried to control myself. Today, I give it to you. Nobody looking around. If that's you today and you're saying, you know what, today I'm ready to, to reach out to Jesus, let go of the hold that I've been trying to hold on to and take the hand of Jesus. 2022 is the year where you're holding on to Jesus. You're giving him your life. I wanna ask that you just slip up a hand. I'd love to pray with you, know who you are. Nobody's looking around. We're not gonna embarrass you, call you out. But if that's you, you're like today, I need to give my life to Jesus. Thank you so much. If you just raise your hand, would you pray this with me? Would you just say, Heavenly Father, today I give you all of me for all of you. I repent of my sins. Make me new. Give me a new life in Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.